So today is our, uh, the last message in the series called Chains. And uh, each, each week we've given, given you the, the series scripture. And I want to read it again today. And it's out of Psalm chapter 107, verse 14. And it's talking about God. And it's, it's this. He led them from the darkness and deepest gloom. He snapped their chains. So picture somebody uh, in a dungeon in medieval times, and they're all chained up, they're shackled up, they're put in those, maybe even put in those stocks, they're held back, they're being held down in a really nasty place, it's not, it's, it's a horrible, horrible place in life, and, and okay, you got that picture? Now, now picture something else, picture the, the, the movie, and it just left my brain again, it did it this morning to me, help me. Screws, Christmas Carol. Yes, yeah, he barely knew too. So <laughs> Give me a the, the, the movie Christmas Carol, and and imagine that guy. And what's his name? No, Marley. But not Bob Marley. Not Bob right? Marley. Yeah. I did okay. I, a few weeks ago. I said Bob Marley. So no, no, no. It's okay, Jacob it's okay, Marley. Go ahead, Mon. It's okay. Jacob Marley with all those chains on him. Y'all, you remember the picture of him coming in as a ghost and and all those massive chains hanging off of him? People live like that every day. We live with things that are holding us back and holding us down, and that they diminish our lives. Well, that's why we're doing this series, to help get those chains off. Now, the, the, list, go, the list is enormous, so we were only able to nail six of them so far. Um, we'll probably come back and do this again another day, another time, and add more, but um, we've been saying this, that God wants us to aggressively deal with anything that has a chain on us, aggressively deal with it, and let me kind of help you out. Do I have any yard people here? I mean, you're like one of those crazy people that likes to work outside in your yard. There's a few. Okay, I can't raise my hand. I'm not one of them. Um, I got a guy in my neighborhood uh, down the road, just a few houses. This guy, his, you know, he's got one of those yards that you walk by and you just kind of got to stop for a minute and go, wow, you know, that looks amazing. I wish my yard looked like that. Um, but... If you don't know and you don't live in that neighborhood, what you don't see is that it seems like every single day this guy is out there. He's either mowing or he's edging. And Now, I get my boys to do that for me, okay? He's doing this himself. And he's, um, he's like raking or he, he even um, pressure washes his concrete. He pressure washes the driveway at least twice a week, uh, sidewalk in front. He is just, he cares about his yard. He's putting out fertilizer. I mean, it looks good. Now, my yard, not so much. Um, like I said, I get my children to go out there and mow and um, make them edge and weed eat. And once in a while, I'll go out there and use the blower and blow it off a little bit. Hey, you missed this, you missed that. <laughs> but I'm not one of these yard people. I refuse to fertilize my yard, as a matter of fact. I did that once. And I know it worked great. Man, the grass, the green, and the and fantastic. But here's what happened. As I was mowing, I'm mowing along this fertilized grass, and behind me, the grass was growing up behind me saying, what? <laughs> That's all you got? You know, it's like, it felt like it grew immediately, and I thought, no more of that. I, will, I, you know, I want my grass to be rocks and cactus. Uh, so I don't have to do that stuff. But here, what I really want to do is mow once a year. We need once a year. Edge once, all in one day, and, and, and do all of the stuff that my friend does down the road, but only do it once, and that's it. That's all I got to do, and it stays that way the rest of the year. But that's not reality. It won't work. Y'all know that won't work. Now, the reality is maintenance. God. Maintenance is what it's going to take to keep my yard looking good. Maintenance is what it's going to take to keep the weeds out, keep the sticker burrs out, 
Keep the fire ants down and keep, can I say flipping mosquitoes in, in church? Mm, keep those, I don't know. Well, I guess you did. Keep those, you know, whatever word you want to put before it, mosquitoes down out of my yard. It takes maintenance. And, you know, this is true of chains as well. Um, we've, been, we've been trying to be very helpful and tell you, here's how you get these chains off. Well, it takes maintenance to keep them off. It, it, it's gonna, there's always going to be a chain that tries to wrap you up in life. There's all, it's just going to happen because you live in this world. Y'all know this is true. Um, the, the way to keep them off and stay free is through regular maintenance. Now, if you've experienced any freedom, any, any improvement in your life in this series, as we've asked God to work in our lives and set us free and, and do different things, it might have looked something like this. Two, two big things, one internal, one external. First, on the internal, I experience an inward closeness to God through His Holy Spirit. As, as I get free in some area, I get closer to God. I, I sense His presence more. Say I've had a problem with anger, and we talked about that chain, and, and God began to do a work in, in your life maybe about anger. You started to get free of that. Well, as, as anger decreased, you were more sensitive and aware of God's presence in your life. And so it's not just about us getting better, but it's about getting better to have more of what God has for us, more of His better. So I experience an inward closeness to God, but there's also an external thing that if I've been getting free, it could look like this, that I exhibit an outward evidence of His active presence in my life. I actually look different. You could say I'm, I'm maturing or growing or looking more like Jesus. And one way to look at it is how the Bible presents it, the scripture gives us this picture of a tree, and the tree is bearing fruit, and those fruit are called the fruit of the Spirit. And so we're told in Galatians chapter 5 that as the Holy Spirit works in our lives, it's like a tree bearing fruit, things grow on it. And I want you to see here what these are, and please say these out loud with me right there in your notes and on the screen, things like the fruit of the Spirit in the Bible, ready, go. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. These things grow in our lives. So, for instance, we talked about anger. Let's talk about fear. If you were somebody that God began to help you and deal with fear in your life and break that chain off, as, as fear diminishes, the fruit of the spirit of peace increases. If I'm not fearful and worried, that goes down. What am I? I'm peaceful. I'm, I'm calm. I'm, I'm trusting in God. And so there's this inward peace, but it's also outward that people could tell. You could tell it's like, I'm not worried every second. And, and folks might have even commented, you know, you, you, you seem to be doing well. I mean, I heard you heard that disappointing news, but you don't seem all worried and fearful. No, God's been doing something in my life. I got, I've got peace I haven't had before. Or, or maybe this, uh, somebody told Chad last week after he talked about regret I heard someone say, you know, Chad, I really appreciated that word because I've had a lot of regrets in my life, and, and I know it holds me back sometime, but God just reminded me that I've got to let regrets go and, and move forward with Him. And so as, as we let that chain of regrets get broken off of our life, what grows? Joy. I, I'm not focusing on the past but I'm, I'm looking forward to what God has for me. And so I can have this fruit of joy welling up in me and then actually manifesting outside of me. So all these things we've talked about, how do we maintain them? How do we stay free? It's one thing to get free, but the battle's not over. 
You know, th this is not end of the war. This is a battle. And so as God breaks a chain off of our life, it's like we're winning a battle, but our enemy of the devil isn't going to give up. As a matter of fact, we've really hacked him off lately. I mean, he, he is not a happy camper because many of you have been taking this to heart. We've had people say, hey, I've re-listened to the sermons on the, online from the website, and God's doing stuff in my life, so the devil is hacked off. And so picture him with a chain over his shoulder and he's just looking for a chance to wrap it back around you and get you back in a bondage through circumstances and things that could happen. And so today, we want to talk about processes that we use that God teaches us through the Bible that help us stay free. So here's the first process. Pay attention. Pay attention. I know you are wanting, thinking of something really deep and spiritual and profound, but that's the best Chad could come up with. No, no, not really. <laughs> This seems so simple, but we are told many times in Scripture something like pay attention, be aware, heads up. And it's because, again, you may have won a battle, but you're in a war the rest of your life. The Bible helps us with this. Look at what Scripture show, tells us in 1 Peter chapter 5. The apostle Peter was writing to believers, and look what Peter said. He said, stay alert. Watch out for your great enemy, the devil. Sometimes, you know, we, we just don't think about this as being a serious warfare. You know, one of the devil's biggest tricks on mankind is that we have this picture of a tall, skinny guy in a red suit and the pitchfork, right? And it's a joke. And he loves that. He wants us to think he's a joke so he can still kill, 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 and destroy us. And so Peter is saying here, watch out. Your great enemy, the devil, is doing what? He's prowling about like a roaring lion looking for somebody to devour. To devour. He is out for life and death with you. It's a big deal to him. And so the scripture says, pay attention, stay alert, be on the lookout. So how do we actually do that? How do we stay alert other than just, you know, looking around and, and, and doing things like that? How do we stay alert spiritually? Well, here's what we can do. We can take a regular inventory. We can pause and see what's going on. We, we can just step back and say, God, help me. And King David, who wrote a lot of the Psalms in the Bible, wrote a great Psalm, 139, and it's a prayer. And we're going to pull out one verse here, verse 23 from Psalm 139. Look how David prays about this staying alert and being aware and paying attention. Look what he says. Search me, O God. Know my heart. Test me and know my anxious thoughts. David is saying, God, I so want to get this right. I so want to live your way. I so want to have your best in my life and your blessing. And I so want to bring you honor. God, help me out. He's saying, I might be a little bit aware, but God, you can make me more aware. And look specifically, he says, know my heart. That's a reference to my emotions and, and stuff that goes on and how I react to life. But then test me and know my anxious thoughts. That's how we tick, isn't it? Thoughts and emotions. And David is saying, God, search me. Come check me out. Show me what's going on. Help me not miss something important. Help me especially not miss and be unaware when the devil's trying to attack me and wrap a chain around me again. Now, there were these guys called the Jesuits who over 500 years ago got a real call from God to reach the world. Now, think 500 years ago. No technology of any kind. No communication around the planet. To get anywhere, you had to get on a ship, and it took months and months. 
But God called these guys to go to reach the world with the gospel. And so, man, these guys laid it on the line. They laid down their lives. Many of them would go away and not come back because they went to dangerous places that were just full of all kinds of dangers from people and the jungles of the world. I mean, they went everywhere. And so these guys had a leader named Ignatius. He was from Spain, and he knew something. He knew that what God had called them to do was going to be hard, and it, it would be easy to give up, and it would be easy to just let the challenges overwhelm him and his followers. And so God gave him a plan, and he, he called it in, in kind of their fancy language, the examine, which really is just a pause. He developed this practice where twice a day at midday and at evening before bedtime, his followers every day, seven days a week, every day of the year, they would do this personal inventory thing, asking God to come and help them. And so I have in your notes there, and we'll project it as well, the outline. And I want to go over this outline of what Ignatius Loyola taught the Jesuits 500 years ago, and they are still going strong today, by the way, and this is a big part of it. So the first thing he says is become aware of God's presence. And by that he means this. Watch me. Just pause. How hard is that to do sometimes in life, isn't it? I mean, life is screaming at us. Things are happening. But we've got to be able to pause. And maybe you get a lunch break at work. That's a great time to pause. Or if you're a stay-at-home mom, you got kids, you get that baby asleep, it's quiet. Take a breath and pause with God like David said, asking God, Lord, show me. Show me what's going on. I, I want to I be in tune with you today, and I really want to be aware of what's going on. So just pause. Be aware of God's presence. I, I pray like, Lord, come. Help me, Holy Spirit. And I pray this prayer David prayed. Lord, search me. And then what's the next thing? Review the morning. If it's that midday thing or the end of your day, just take a second and think back. So, sometimes the mornings go so fast and the day goes so fast, it's just a blur, but it's so good to pause and let's look at it two ways, okay? Let, let's say something bad happened that morning. You're at work, and you made a mistake, and your mistake was like this level, and the boss comes in, and he jumps on you like this level, and he is just chewing you out. And you're thinking, man, I know I blew it, but he's just going nuts. And, and you're being tempted to be mad at him, and you know, he stops out of the office and threatens you, and you're just going, ah, well... You kind of calm down a little bit, but you go back to work. Well, at lunch break, though, you've got this pause. And you take a pause and you go, wow, what's going on? Golly, Lord, what's happening? And so you think back to that event. And then the next thing is where you engage with you. Notice your emotions. And in this pause, you just go, man, I am so mad. God, I could just kick him. And gee whiz, what's going on here, Lord? So then you go to the next thing. You choose an event and you pray for them. And so you just start to pray. And when you begin to pray for somebody who's done you wrong, God begins to touch your heart, soften your heart. He helps you forgive them. He even helps you think, well, maybe they're having a hard time. Maybe there's something I could do to help them or whatever. Things start to change because you've paused just these few moments with God. And so then you process it, you pray from it, and then you're ready to look ahead. So you've dealt with a situation, and of course you only had a little time to deal with it, but you've not let it keep building in you because those things that happen where we're chewed on and griped at and, you know, that can grow all day. And by the end of the day, you'll be what? You'll be worse, won't you? But if you stopped in the middle of the day for a pause and addressed it, it can change everything. Let's say it was a positive thing. 
Let's say the boss came in and said, you know what, that project we gave you to do, not only did you do it on time, you did great, and we're so proud, have a bonus and a raise and a promotion. How would that feel? Oh my gosh, let's get up and dance and kiss and hug the guy. You know, it's just awesome, right? Well, you pause at lunch, and you think, wow, Lord, what an amazing blessing. And you just pause, and you realize, who is the source of your greatest blessing? It's God. So you pause, and you just say, God, thank you for that. Thank you, Lord. I, I know I've worked hard and whatever, but... I think I got rewarded more than I deserved. God, I just give you the credit. You gave me, you, you, you made that guy like me and want to help me out. And so you turn it to praise and it strengthens you anymore because you pause and you pray about it and you, you look ahead. So we wanted you to have this in your notes so you could consider doing this. Chad was on his calendar saying, I'm going to put that in my noontime lunch break. Just a reminder on my phone to come on. When you take it seriously and do things like that, it, it really makes a difference. So I really encourage you to consider this ancient practice that is so helpful to put into practice what David said when he said, search me, O God, and know my heart. And remember, what have we said? What's the big picture? When God shows me something, I deal with it immediately. So there's going to be a little bit of overlap between number one and number two. We, We pay attention. And then the second thing is respond appropriately. Um, you, you can see something that's happening. You can see what's going on. You can see a chain that starts to develop in your life. You got rid of it, but it grows back like a weed or comes back like the ant or mosquitoes, whatever. And um, you're like, okay, I'm doing these things. Now, how do I respond to this one specifically? Well, I want to read just something here out of Romans 12. And this, again, is the Apostle Paul, and he's talking to uh, people that are following God. And he says this, fix your attention on God. You'll be changed from the inside out. Re- uh, readily recognize what he wants from you and quickly respond to it. We said at the very beginning, any chain on your life, uh, we were, we're saying, look, you need to respond to it. You need to uh, get on it aggressively. Deal with it quickly because chains get heavier and they get more restricting them with every link that gets added to it. And so as part of this maintenance, you want to respond. And, and here's, let me just break it down real simply. responding is this, you want to be honest and uncensored with God and with people, by the way. Be be honest and uncensored. Most of us know how to to censor ourselves where we don't tell too much, where we don't tell enough. Something that happens with, with, um, uh, well, with us and with with anybody that you are, you you counsel with people or you sit down and talk to them, here's what happens. The, the, The people that you're talking with, most of the time they handicap you because they censor what they're telling you. They say, mm, I'm not going to say that. Oh, no, I'm not going to reveal that part. No, I'm not going to tell them I'm dealing with that chain. Mm, I'm just going to say this. And so for, for us to respond appropriately, we need to just open it all up and say, God, here it is. Here, here is everything. I'm giving you the uncensored, unedited, you know, the, the director's cut of me. When you do that, it is so, so helpful. Y'all, you saw the movie um, Apollo 13, right? You know, Houston, we have a problem. Um, that, that's what you do. God, I got a problem here. This little, this chain is trying to come back or this new one is trying to attach. I see it. Help me with it. I tell people, you talk to people that are your close friends that care about you that, uh, and by the way, people that have been through maybe what you're experiencing and they beat it, okay? Don't go to somebody that's still stuck in it. They can't help you. Go to somebody that's beat it. Um, you know, I, I don't go to somebody that has, Let's say I'm having marriage problems. I don't go to somebody that's been uh, divorced 18 times and killed their husband three times. Uh, I don't go ask them for marriage advice. I don't go ask them, how do I love my, my husband or why? I don't do that. Why? 
Well, because they can't, they can't help me. Go to somebody that, that can help you. Now, that, here's something else. Um, tell God what you're really thinking. And I, I know I said it, but let me put it this way. God, I don't think this is fair. I don't, I don't think I should be having to go through it. I mean, be honest. God, this, I don't like this. Why am I having to do this? Why am I experiencing I mean, go ahead. He knows you're thinking it anyway. Go ahead and, and, and tell him. Talk to him. And then when he says, well, you know, um, this, is the way, this is the cards you were dealt, but let me help you through. I mean, God will help you out. Be honest. There, there's no reason to try to hide it. And um, here's another part of being honest. Some of us need to be honest and say, God, I kind of like this chain because it gives me an excuse. Gives me an excuse to live the way I kind of I want to. I'm kind of liking the way I'm living. I'll, I'll, I'll take that chain. I'll get rid of the wrist, but I'll take this one. God, I like, be honest with God. Help him get it off. Any chain that's on you is going to hold you back and hold you down. Regardless of whether you've gotten used to it, maybe you've gotten um, Stockholm Syndrome and you love it. That, I mean, you've just begin to embrace it. Don't do that. Cut it off. I, I need to be going as, as smoothly and as free as possible in my life. Now, once you're honest and you're uncensored, then the next thing is just agree with God. Believe that, that he knows what's best. Believe that he wants what's best and, and agree. Uh, look in your Bible. God, I, I don't know what's going on here. Well, look for it. If nobody can help you, at least say, uh, you can do a Google search in the Bible. Not everything, you know, not everything you read on the internet is true, but uh, it can help you find maybe the subject you're talking about. Um, the, the series we've done online, ignitechurch.cc, is really serious. You can go on there. The, the little handouts you got, those are on there too, and you can go back. I've had people during this series tell me, hey, look, you know what I did? I took that handout and I put it on my refrigerator because I have this chain, and so I, I read it every day, and I get to go back and see. And then they said, uh, they even told me, and I had this opportunity to really hammer this other person. I remember, wait a minute, that's, that's my chain. That's my anger thing. And, but I read it this morning, and so it helped me do that. That's why you have those, why we're giving out those tools. Uh, and it's all free, by the way. Ed wanted to charge, and I told him no. I said, no, you can't charge for those downloads. Cancun next year. Uh -huh. <laughs> it's all free stuff. And then reach out, I said it already, reach out to other people that have dealt with it. Reach out and ask for help. Um, so to respond appropriately, we want to open up to God and do what he's telling us. And after that, there, there's one more process. Then we've got to move on. Something's happened. Uh, I've had a chain start getting wrapped around me. Maybe I got started getting angry again and realized I was becoming that person. But I've dealt with it. I've responded. And God's come and he's helped. And now I've got to move on. And, and again, these seem so simple. But they're so critical because I, I'm sure you might can relate to this story that, that there's times that I mess up. And besides having messed up and, and letting this chain start getting around me, I get really down on myself for letting it happen. I'm like, I cannot believe. I mean, I'm a pastor, right? I should not have problems, right? You know, and I'm, I'm tempted to quit. I'm just tempted to say, you know what, I, I could live with this chain. It's not that bad. It won't ruin my life. You know? And, and it, sometimes you just get tired of fighting. And you're tempted, even when you've dealt with something, just, just to, you know, whatever. But God is saying, no, move on. Move on. The apostle Paul said a great thing when he said, one thing I do, I press on. And he never said, I'm perfect. He said, I haven't arrived yet, but I'm pressing on. I'm pressing on. It's kind of like fall forward and then get up and, and keep leaning forward. David said something again in the Psalms from Psalm chapter 143 and verse 10. Look what King David said to help us again. He says, teach me to do your will, 
for you are my God. May your gracious spirit lead me forward on firm footing. He's saying, God, you got to help me. And just the way he says it is so cool. He says, Lord, teach me how to keep doing your will, how to keep pressing on because you're for me. You're my God. You want me to press on. And then he says, may your gracious spirit lead me. He's saying, God, you're so patient. That word gracious is so rich. It means he's patient. He's understanding. He's forgiving. He, he never compromises and says, no, it's okay to mess up. And he never says it's okay, but he never puts you down for being human either. He is gracious and loving, loving, and is always there to help us get up and move forward. And so King David says, let your gracious spirit lead me forward on firm footing. Let me keep pressing on. So pay attention, respond appropriately in this war we're involved in, and then keep moving on. Now, each week we've done something different in this series. We usually kind of give you some steps to follow that will help you move forward. But in this series, we've given you a prayer that really brings this focused to we're trying to connect with God so we can be free. And so today, we haven't introduced a new chain, but we've talked about being free. And so this prayer is a prayer for maintaining freedom, all right? So again, just like the uh, pause process over there uh, earlier, we also have this in your notes to take. And I, I loved, I was picturing somebody has this on their fridge. And I know for me, I would put the prayer part there so I could just, you know, repeat that prayer in the morning. Lord, help me. Well, today we're going to pray. And as I pray this, there'll be a pause there after the first sentence. I'm going to say, keep setting me free from, and this is where you and God connect. He knows you and you and you and me and Chad. He knows us so well. And so this is personal. And so I'm, I'm believing that God has done something in your life during this series. And so when I come to that pause, I want to invite you just between you and God, say, Lord, keep setting me free from this chain of anger or fear or unforgiveness. What, whatever God's done in your life, that'll be your chance to connect to God. And then let the rest of this prayer encourage us all. And then I, we really encourage you to use it through this week. Okay, let's pray. God, I thank you that you've been active in my life to set me free from chains that have been holding me back. Please keep setting me free from this particular chain. Help me live in close relationship with you every day. Help me pay close attention to what's going on in and around me. God, when you show me a chain that's trying to drag me down, help me respond appropriately and deal with it immediately. And then, God, keep me moving forward toward the things you have for me and use me to help others break free too. Thank you for loving me so much. In Jesus' name, amen. Now, for those of you that just seriously in your heart, you're, you're saying, hey, you know what? I, I'm praying that. Uh, I believe with all of my heart that God will break those chains off of you and keep them off. You know, keep, keep removing them. Keep, keep them down. Keep them out of your life so you're not dealing with them. And then um, there may be, you may be in here today. You might be saying, wait, yeah, wait a minute. I didn't say that prayer because I'm not even sure I believe anything you're talking about. I'm not even sure that I believe what the Bible says. I just came today because I heard y'all gave away free donuts. On, you know, and that, <laughs> I was hungry. Um, that's okay. I mean, that, that's, that's all right. And if that's you, uh, we're so glad you're here. 
So glad that you came today, and I want to make a, a recommendation to you, and, and that is I want to encourage you to do a few, at least one thing, and then it could lead to some others, but the first one is kind of follow and check things out. You know, you know just you know, Jesus, even when he would walk around, he would talk to somebody, he'd say, hey, you know, follow me. And what, what, were, he, what we're asking and what we're encouraging guys to do is just follow, check it out, see, see if you like things that are going on here at Ignite Church, see if, if you like the people, see if you feel like, um, you know, this things seem kind of good. I, I, this, it's possible, it's just possible that, that, that those, the, those two guys, especially the younger one, are, are saying good things. And, uh, you know, just give it a shot and check things out. And then if you do that, if you do that, then you'll have an opportunity at some point to, to kind of make a decision and a choice to say, look, I, I kind of believe what's happening. I kind of believe what, what they're saying, or I believe what I'm reading in the Bible. I believe what maybe God is, I think, I think it's God talking something to my heart. I haven't thought that way before. You'll have a chance to begin to believe. And if... If you, if you do that, then the, you, you have a, you, another chance then to begin to actually put some of it to work, to uh, apply and, and try to do some of the things that we're talking about or some of the things you hear in the uh, Ignite group or some of the things you, you, you've read in, in the notes or, or just talking to God on your own. Maybe somebody uh, has talked to you and, and just something sparked uh, inside of you. That happens to me a lot. Somebody's saying something and something sparks. I'm like, hey, I'm gonna, I'm gonna hang on to that. I'm gonna see if I can apply that. You can, you'll have the opportunities to do those things. Now, here, let me, well, I want to help you. If that's where you're at, if you're in the place where you're saying uh, the believe part, if you're saying, I think I believe this stuff, so what do I do next? What's my next step? What's the best next thing for me to do? Well, um, what we think is the best thing you can do is make today uh, the day that you mark your moment in history, in your own personal history, where you decided, I'm going to come to life I'm gonna have my, my now, you know, my, the present things going well, and I'm gonna secure my future, and I want, I want to follow God. I, I, th- I think I'm believing this stuff. I mean, we, call, we say it this way. We get your now and forever uh, going well. God cares about what's happening in your life now, and he cares about what, ha- what happens to you forever. Um, and, and we actually believe, if you're here today, that God actually brought you here, that he's the one that, that did what it took to, to, to bring you today because he loves you because he cares about you, and he wants to do great in your life. And so the simplest thing we know is to, to do that, the simplest thing to connect to God, the simplest way we, we know to do it is with a prayer. And so I wanna, I wanna lead you guys in a prayer. For, so here's the thing. If you're in that spot and you're saying, I think I want to begin to follow God. I want to go his direction. I, I, wanna, I, want, G, I wanna accept the fact that, that Jesus well, wow, he did something for me. We, we didn't talk about it today, but he died on the cross and he, he paid for my sin. He paid for mine. He made, Chad made a lot of mistakes. You know, and, and, so, and, and I know that, that you guys might have made one or two in your lives. And, you know, Jesus cared enough to say, I'll, I'll take care of them. I, I want them. So the, 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 here's what we'll do. If you're here today and you've already done that and you're, you're part of the family of God, you, you're doing that, I'm gonna ask that you pray with us, please that you, you, you just support the people around you. And, and if you're here and it was, it's you for the first time, here's, what's, here's the deal. The actual specific words aren't really what's important. What's really important is what you're saying with your heart. You're saying, God, I wanna connect with you. And so I wanna help you though. And so the, if you would, please just repeat after me uh, as we pray. And again, this is you 
and your heart connecting to God. So, so here we go. This is the easiest way we know to connect to God. It's, it goes like this, and, and you can repeat. Dear Lord. Dear Lord. I need your help. I need your help. Thank you for loving me. Thank you for loving me. Thank you for caring about my life. Thank you for caring about my life. Please forgive me where I've gone wrong. Please forgive me where I've gone wrong. I don't want to do that anymore. I don't want to do that anymore. Holy Spirit, please lead me. Holy Spirit, please lead me. Take me where you want me to go. Take me where you want me to go. Jesus, thank you for dying on the cross for me. Jesus, thank you for dying on the cross for me. I want to commit my life. I want to commit my life. To follow you. To follow you. And be who I was really born to be. And be who I was really born to be. In your name I pray. In your name I pray. Amen. Amen.